Welcome to the Semiotic Show. We have Booty Vogue. How do you say your name? Because I couldn't say it like you said it the other day, Vogue. and those, I didn't yes. want to butcher it because I say Vogue, which is definitely not right. Say I say I say yeah, Booty. So it's Booty Vogue. Booty Vogue, who is a uh, beast manager, the CEO of Heroic, and uh, runs also co-owns Bitbird and manages San Holo. But I'm just going to you want to give a quick couple seconds here about all your accomplishments and stuff. Sure, sure. Um, hey guys, I am Booty. I am a music entrepreneur and um, I'm the CEO of a company called Heroic, which is a music management agency. And we manage San Holo, Drulu, Tasca Black, Unlike Pluto, and a soon to be announced artist. Um, and then also I'm the CEO of Bitbird, which uh, is a label I run with San Holo and his creative director and our art director, Torwald. Um, and that's a creative record label where we also do merchandising. And then also you may know me from Heroic Academy, which is an educational platform we have. So in the past, I wrote a book about SoundCloud and uh, made an online course called the Music Marketing Academy. And my partner, Tim, also did some stuff about uh, mixing and mastering. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to be here and uh, management and the, the label and publishing is taking a lot of time. So and, and that's the, sound, the focus. Yeah, and the SoundCloud Bible. So we'll about. go ahead and start the yeah. show by you announcing your new artist right yeah, here on. That's definitely coming. He said soon <laughs> to be announced. Let's, well, listen, <laughs> that, that, could, that could be uh, some micro content we do down the line. <laughs> <laughs> Secret artist. That's, everybody's like, ooh, who's he, who's he talking about? Soon to be announced. Yes. Um, cool. So how have you uh, liked your stand in Atlanta so far? It's been fun hanging out. Absolutely. I was saying... Uh, I had no idea Georgia was this of a green of a state. Oh, it's so green. It's beautiful. Especially right now. Yeah. I didn't, I, uh, I didn't notice till Mark came down from Mexico and he was like, dude, it's so green. And uh -huh. I was like, what do you mean it's green? Like, yeah. It's as normal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So the, the town where I live, it's called The Hague in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And it's also where our offices are. Um, and we have an international team, but uh, half of both the Heroic and Bipper teams, they uh, work out of The Hague. And... It's a beautiful, compact city, but a lot of greenery, you know, and I like to do everything by bike. So coming here and seeing seeing nature, uh, or at least a little bit of it, uh, makes me feel yeah, good. Next time you come back, we'll yeah. have to take you way out into the forest. Let's do it. Like the, those mountains that you can see mountains from Drew's house. Yeah, like if you look at it's the really distance. pretty in uh -huh. North Georgia. North Georgia is the best. Let's get the hike going. <sighs> we got all yeah, this, we didn't get all, a hike in. We got all the sauce we're working on today. I want to do the Kennesaw Mountain hike because I thought that would have been nice. Mm. I don't know if we'll have time because the secret top secret project. Top secret project. Yes. Everybody who's watching this, there is a top secret project we're working on with this man right here. Uh, just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, diving in. So I think a first good topic I want to talk about is straight up Spotify because uh, obviously it's like the place to be these days. Um, you want to talk a little bit about maybe some trends you want to talk about on Spotify and what you're seeing? Sure, sure. Um it is relevant more than any other streaming platform. And I don't think I'm supposed to say that, right? Because uh, obviously there's a lot of competition and uh, all the platforms are, are um, carrying their weights. Um, it's competitive. And um, Do you think SoundCloud is dead? No, I don't. I don't. What's your thoughts do, on SoundCloud? Do you think it should be somebody's focus to gain SoundCloud followers? Ooh, that's a great question. Actually, I think... Um, Anywhere where your fan base engages with you and you can engage back and that's somewhere where you have a, a direct line, right? Where it's not too convoluted. Mm -hmm. You're getting an inbox or you're, you're being listened to. Um, that works. Yeah. So SoundCloud's still relevant for us. It's where we came up. But um, the real reach we get is right now it's predominantly on Spotify, Apple Music, because there's the upward spiral. 
Uh, if we get in the right playlist with the right music, you know, you, you have the viral charts and um, then that's going to get you more eyeballs. It's going to get you more curation. And obviously that will lead to more streams, which will lead to more daily streams, which get you higher in the playlist. I have a question because I know everybody asks me this all the time because they don't believe it can actually happen. Can you make good living money on Spotify? Sure. Like good like good money i want people to know yeah, that yeah, yeah sure <laughs> i mean uh average cpms we see today and you got to think about spotify it has a ad supported product mm-hmm. right so basically their business model for all these streaming platforms and i'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent right but the streaming platforms uh, spotify apple music they want to be market leader and they want to be that in every single country and to do that um apple doesn't have a free product but spotify does and the user experience is incredible right so yeah. they're trying to get people to sign up give them a great experience and then you, there's a little bit of friction which is convincing you to go to the paid right and then maybe you have a bundle with your telco or maybe you get a family plan which is super affordable mm-hmm. and then you're in that ecosystem and so you know, once your entire library is in a platform like that, in a Spotify, like then the, the switching costs of going to something else are so high. So um, uh, absolutely, I, I think that's important. Um, no. and, and, and whether you can make a living, um, totally. I mean, the CPMs we're seeing are something like $4 for uh, a thousand streams, which is super solid. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking amazing. Yeah, man. sorry, that's am it. I doing that math correctly? 4,000 against a million yeah, that's the same thing. And for those of you guys who don't know, CPM is like cost per one thousand, essentially, Correct. right? Yeah. Like what you're going to be making on one thousand streams. Yeah, exactly. But but the thing as an artist, right? What you want to be building is, of course, you want to hit song, but it's catalog mm. for streaming. That's it. And most modern distributors, they're going to pay you up monthly. Uh, so so that's great. You put out a record, and then two three months after, you're going to get your first paycheck. And what if you put out a record a week for every two weeks? So, so another question I want to yeah. ask, uh, kind of to go further on that, is you've had a lot of success, obviously, with your artists, especially like Son on the playlists. You want to talk a little bit about your relationship building and how people can maybe strive towards getting on there, maybe how you guys have done such a great job, you know, because uh, obviously playlists mm-hmm. is a big port, uh, portion of Spotify. Sure. So, so many components to that. I mean, it begins with you having a compelling artist story, and uh, that is what you're pitching at the end of the day, you know, so... Got to have a compelling artist story. Uh, your branding needs to be on point. It helps to have a great product, of course. Your music needs to be incredible. And then it's like any other gatekeeper system where it really depends on your relationships. And uh, Spotify is a company that has offices similar to an Apple Music, you know, similar to a SoundCloud. And because they uh, their playlists, they have algorithmic playlists, but also curated playlists, that there are editors who can inform what gets on those playlists. So depending on where you're from, you know, maybe you want to identify if there's a, a local office where you can try to build a relationship. Let's say you're from Berlin, you know, maybe you want to try to hop by the a Spotify Berlin office. Is that easy to set up? No. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> very hard. We got our producers just walking in like, hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so it's very hard, of course, because last I heard statistics were that the number of record editions on Spotify, it's something like 20,000, 20, 25,000 records a day. I think it was even 40. Maybe. Yeah, so like, anyway, preposter- <laughs> preposterously yeah. high amount, right? So you got to build momentum and you need to find your champions. And I also don't think you necessarily strictly need to look at Spotify. It really is if you're a beginning act, it is focus on the platform for where you're getting the most traction and double down. And one of the things that's really interesting about Spotify, because they have the curated playlist, right? There's um, artist and label relations people. 
And uh, then there are curating, curator teams. And uh, usually they split those up per segments, right? So you might have uh, people doing rock, people doing electronic music, people doing alternative, maybe some people doing chill. And then that's going to be localized. So let's say you're in Latin America, you know, you might have these different curators for their playlists uh, in Spanish or Portuguese. And in North America, right, you might have those same, those same curators uh, ran out of a New York and LA office uh, for those types of playlists who might be more worldwide because they're English. Um, you got to find where your champions are. And one thing is very good contact research, of course. You know, it's digging in on the LinkedIn's and finding out who the artist and label relationship people are and so forth. Uh, another thing, of course, is looking these people up on social media. But, but of course, if they're being overwhelmed with pitches, like how are you going to be interesting unless you have a real proposition? And then when you're making a pitch, right, what do you have going for you? How many streams do you have? Have you recently played a show? Are you doing a festival in their market? Um, so it's a little snowball. You got to get going and you got to start small, of course. Do you think yeah. it's worth it to, to start on the small playlists that are like 500 fans, a thousand subscribers or whatever? Oh, oh, totally. And what's most likely, of course, is that you're not going to get playlisting from Spotify first, right? I mean, yeah. there's the there's the artist submission tool. So basically on Spotify for artists, which everyone can sign up for, uh, once a week you can submit a record and a record label can do the same thing. So two parties, if you're working with a label, can put in such a submission. And that usually goes into the funnel of uh, the local team that you're working with. And... Uh, the curators and the A&Ls didn't get all those submissions and they filter out what's interesting and maybe they meet once a week and they discuss the highest priorities, you know. So let's say we have a relationship with an artist and label relations person. We may have flagged this is something that's super important that's coming out and then they might discuss with their curators. They might do that on a Tuesday or Wednesday, right? And then on Friday, uh, New Music Friday is a term, of course. Mm -hmm. That might be the day when this stuff then gets broadcast. Um, that's why it's important to get that in the beginning of the week. But... Uh, these are the Spotify playlists, right? And then there's also a whole bunch owned by the major labels. And there's a whole bunch of ones uh, called the indies or user-generated content playlists. Mm -hmm. So that could be uh, San Holo, who has a playlist, right? Or that could be uh, Nike or Starbucks or Cymatics, right? And uh, those are probably the most accessible. So you want to find the people who run those and then say, hey, you want to check out my record? Or if you have your own playlist, do you want to trade? So, so oh, go ahead. Yeah. oh, I got a question. So, yeah. obviously, your deep domain expertise in Spotify. Uh, we got a friend named Ryan, who's a guy who's borderline completely unknown when it comes to front end Instagram, mm -hmm. SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. There's no, no, so, no brand, basically. no social presence or brand, but definitely killing it on Spotify, like getting mm -hmm. a shit ton of like uh, you know streams and stuff, and mm -hmm. a lot of support from the playlisters. Mm -hmm. But I also know he has a manager that has played a big role in that. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your mm -hmm. thoughts? on the importance of having a manager who understands the shit you're talking about. Because a lot of these producers, man, for them to like get good at production mm -hmm. and you know become a whiz at yeah. the Spotify side is tough. So how, how important is that manager role and somebody mm -hmm. who can like help do some of the stuff that you're talking about? Sure. Well, one thing I learned through the years of being a manager is that you don't want to get into a relationship where as the manager, you are carrying all the organizational weights and putting in all the energy to do something where the artist perhaps might not be willing to take charge of his or her social media, right? Or uh, willing to self-organize. So I think it's actually good if artists need to do some of these things themselves in the beginning, right? Hustle a little bit, build 100%. the first 10 I think years. it teaches you a shit ton, dude. Exactly. And you, you got to like... 
unless you're able to get through that initial noise yourself and build those good habits and mm-hmm. understand, I mean, you guys are constantly, you know, this week, and uh, I love you for that is you've become so good at Instagram, but only by using it, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and for artists, that's so important because your job is not just to make music. It's also to represent yourself mm-hmm. and really the way to represent yourself and speak to your fan base is on socials. And, um, I think artists need to build those habits. So get those first 10,000, 20,000 Instagram follows, you know, get those first 10, 20,000 on SoundCloud, do that. Maybe send some, some Spotify pitches to indie artists, you know, find out, oh, spinning is running a, is running a playlist. Bippert is running a playlist. Find out who the marketing manager is, send that person an email. Um, and then when the manager comes, you know, and you asked this when you interviewed son on this podcast, when the, when the manager comes, yeah, of course it's nicest if the manager approaches the artist, right? Because then that person's going to be excited. And then, you know, you've built the right habits. You know what you're looking for. You know where you can be complimented. And then someone else hopefully is able to take that to the next level. Um, and that person knowing about Spotify and having done it before, yeah, that helps. But if it, is it necessary? I'm not sure. Like for me, when I started with Son, we didn't know any of this, right? Like we're just learning on the fly. Was Spotify even really a thing then? It wasn't. So <laughs> you uh, guys kind of learned. SoundCloud, all actually, up. when we started, SoundCloud was like brand new. I think it was first or and second. And it was very relevant. Yes. Like, like very big, relevant. Big, big part of Son's come up, I'm sure. Correct. And of mine and ours, our team. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. But but now, not so much. Uh, it's different, I guess, you know. The hip- discoveries. Hip- the discovery sucks. Newsfeed sucks. Nobody, news feed, says, yeah. nobody scrolls on SoundCloud. You have to get linked. You have to get linked to SoundCloud usually to check out a song. Yeah. Listen, it's still doing some things very well, but maybe they have not captured the opportunity they had as much as they could. Yeah. I think that's really my perspective. So it does serve a purpose. There are fans there, right? It's still the go-to place for producers. Uh, the one thing that Apple Music and Spotify do not have is a community. You yeah. can't engage with one another. And I'm always thinking, like, what if that existed? Do you think they'll add that? No, because because it will take away from the streamlined user experience. That makes sense. You know, um, ne- you know, Netflix tried to do that for a while. They launched it back in the day. It was like a social element. We can watch what movies other people are watching. Oh yeah, flopped. Right, flopped hard. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I understand they want to have a closed off, super curated user experience. But but when it comes to SoundCloud, like the relevance today. Of course, we upload content, and and one thing we're seeing, you know, is definitely building an act. It allows for you to do many interesting things. You know, when Son popped off, we did the bootleg remixes, the Don't Touch the Classics. But like right now, something we would do is look at what records are trending on the charts, on the viral charts, and and uh, you could pull up the Billboard charts, you could pull up the SoundCloud charts, and remix those. You can't really Even, get away with that anymore, though, on SoundCloud. Uh, like I, I mean, I had my my song taken down. That depends. You could be strategical about it. So the major labels right so on the back end of soundcloud there's uh, an audio matching system mm-hmm. so the labels they ingest their content and then they can set a policy for how they want to treat it yeah. so what you could say is uh you could have it auto takedown and then you'll get a strike on your channel but they could also condone it where they have the freedom to take it down but not do that immediately if you take content that's more independent and that might be a distributor that might be like a hip-hop distributor like empire mm-hmm. i don't know i'm, I'm just spitballing here yeah. right uh they're probably going to be more lenient about their claiming or takedown policy than a universal would be that makes sense so just be smart you know go to spotify like like let's say you find a record and you want to boot like that Go to Spotify, right click, go to see credits, see who's the the uh, product owner, you know, the copyright owner. And then you have a little bit of a better inkling of, oh, can I safely bootleg this or not? Mm, uh, and then big. another thing we always did for Son is we put bootlegs on another channel. 
So if it ever got struck, we never lost this main channel. Yeah, that, I, I mean that's a, a, that's a that. yeah, that's a pretty smart idea because yeah. that would I mean be a big blow. He was talking about having it. What song was he had to delete? No, he said oh, he yeah. deleted a bunch of them. He yeah, we we down. did we did. Boop, boop, At some point, it was a decision because when we began the Don't Touch the Classic for all in this main accounts, and yeah. later we started an account, and it's, it's you guys should look it up. It's called uh, uh it's Sorry Not Sorry, and the banner says Please Don't Strike. <laughs> uh, and and that's where we started uploading like mixes and that stuff. Yeah, cool. No, that's super interesting. So, what was uh, the 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 song that went off the hardest? It was obviously the the next episode, right? Remix. It was a cadence. Like Son put out the Cosmo CP, and we worked that really hard. And he had a few of the remixes up, and then we also worked the remixes. And it was just a bunch of things coming together. Like Trap Nation uh, was was just getting started, and this was one of his first uploads to really go off. And then we hit the hype machine charts when that was still very yeah. relevant. Yeah. And all those things came together with, we were on the genre charts on SoundCloud, plus we had the YouTube thing going on, plus we had the hype machine going on, and we got some some creds from some other people in what were the early future base, what was the early future base scene, mm-hmm. and all of that came together. And then it's like, okay, I then get booking agents reaching out. And yeah. then we had the first momentum. I mean, San was moving when he first came out. I remember how fast his account was going. How, yeah. How'd that relationship with Trap Nation form? Because I know that, I mean, you guys have some big releases that have gone off on yeah. Trap Nation. Well, they're just really good people. Really good people. And um, the the founder, Andre, is a very smart guy. He's incredibly young. But how old is he? I think he's early 20s. Early, early 20s. But, but what's incredible about his business is out of the YouTube channels, you know, many people started uploading music and uh, there was definitely a wave where some of these channels got 100,000, 200,000 subscribers, you know, and that was a real moment, I think, for some of them to show their true colors. Like, could they pivot and take this stupid success that they've had, right, mm-hmm. and diversify that audience from a YouTube to a Spotify to a SoundCloud to an Instagram, uh, build a playlist on Spotify, maybe even start a record label, start acquiring copyrights and build a business. Mm-hmm. And he did that. He did that so well. And many of his peers faltered. And I really respect him for that. Because it's a lot, I think it's a lot harder. Like think about like building a YouTube channel. It's not the same thing. It's not the same as building a, a network. No, you know but, but pivoting it. Like there was definitely a moment where it was a very easy way to make a lot of money with very little work doing yeah. this. You know, and you got some freelance kid just to upload your your uh, records on your channel maybe once every day and you're paying that person $300 a month and and that's it you're coasting um but to pivot that into a label yeah it's harder but also moving that audience around you know I, i see you guys doing it you know from the email list to the instagram uh, and and whatever platform's going to be next i'm sure you you will pivot in a timely way or i hope you will um it can be done and I, I think, think he biggest, just did so well. Yeah. I think just being aware that you need to do that. Mm. And like a lot of people listening don't know that you should be on fucking, collecting lists. Yeah, you should be collecting mm. email lists. You should mm. be doing a Facebook messenger list. You should be doing anything you can to diversify your audience because you're going to be done in two years when Instagram fucking yes. all of a sudden yes. organic all the reach yeah. like, well, like Facebook did. Yeah. Well, one, one thing you guys are doing a lot is messenger, right? Mm-hmm. Because the open rates are incredible. Yeah. Plus, it's interactive. Like for everybody listening to this, you can send any sort of musical MP3 you can send file, a, a video of yourself talking. You can send right? a video of mm-hmm. yourself. I'm gonna do it after this. You guys are probably watching this episode and, and you're gonna see the thing that I'm talking about. But I'm literally sending out one. I'm just gonna be talking for a second. Mm-hmm. 
blasting. Like, what better way to connect? Are you yeah, doing right. a lot of list building for either Heroic or the individuals? Because I know you said you're doing stuff for Son. And- yeah, yeah. So we do email lists for the artists. Uh, we recently started experimenting with Digits and Superphone. And these are these uh, phone number collection companies where oh. either uh, they can text the artist or they can call a number and then they can get a voice note. Uh, so one example uh, we talked about let's, this recently. Let's talk, yeah, let's talk about this. I want to talk about the Billboard. Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah, sure. So Son has a record coming out uh, on June thirteenth when he's doing his first headline Red Rock show. Uh, just putting that in there, <laughs> and uh, to campaign that, we're doing a campaign around Son being lost. You know mm-hmm. these uh, missing dog posters. Yeah. So we just got a billboard that just looks like Son's missing. So it says lost lately with a phone number with Son black and white staring like. <laughs> so people are calling and they're they're hearing hearing Son talk about why he made the record because he's sometimes feeling lost on tour mm-hmm. and we can all relate to that right like what are we doing in life what uh-huh. are we trying to do and uh that way uh, we then get the contact information and uh, when people opt in of course and they're they're uh, willing to be contacted then that's another avenue for us to reach the fans so uh, ways we might do that is let's say they, they join our fan club and they text you know we might activate them when we're doing shows yeah, I mean yeah. that's. I think that's nasty. Yeah, we're gonna do. Really you're good. gonna see some Cymax billboards. Yeah, we're about going. to start popping Cymax billboards at all the festivals, <laughs> all house. the music conver- conferences. Booty, you're gonna be on the way to the office and look up, and be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you should tell the people about the billboard next to your school. Oh yeah, guys, uh, it's kind of funny thing me and Drew are talking about because me and Drew are not the school type of people. I mean, we pretty much rejected school, dropped out, but it's just funny to get like a fat billboard next to Kennesaw State University the school we went to and just. Be like F school and just some goofy at <laughs> goofy at don't go to KSU. Get samples or something goofy. Like that. Text this number. No, you gotta get the opt in. Oh, dude. Mm. To get that many opt ins for the price of the billboard, like, dude, that's nasty good. Mm. That's that's definitely something yeah. we're gonna I see for us though, it's cool because you guys got a bigger front end audience. So mm-hmm. for example, you can take an everyday listener and turn mm-hmm. into a fan. Mm-hmm. We have to have like music guy. But like you know a music saying? conference. It music would conference makes sense. Yeah. Any of the music conferences. Gaming conferences, music conferences. Yeah. Yeah. It's good Even idea. festivals would probably work yeah, for I you think, guys. I mean, dude, the amount of people that came up to us at uh, Shaky Beats, mm-hmm. it was pretty insane to see. Weird. So, Ever since Inst- it's, it's Instagram. Yeah, I'm telling Instagram, you. Oh, yeah, 100%. totally. Same. But, but, but it's, it's funny. Like taking this uh, viral angle to traditional advertising, which a billboard is, you know, mm-hmm. it is something that really works if you layer in technology in a way. With, with yeah. Or you do something that's so outrageous, people are going to be posting. Yeah, as long as, long yeah. as you do something outrageous enough, I think typical billboard ads will fucking we, – we know a producer that just has a billboard ad just like – with his face on it and no call to action. Just, he's just like no, trying like, to brand his face, I think, or something. But yeah. he has them. I think he has a few in Atlanta, right? Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's fucking pointless. No but if chance. you do it the right way, yeah. I think it's all. Yeah, if you're yeah. not collecting leads or something and you don't really have a measurable one and mm-hmm. you don't even have like, it didn't even look like a strategy for it. It's just, That's probably the biggest thing is having some kind of measurable if you're ever doing anything like that. At least something that you're, you're yeah. going against that you know if you're doing yeah. well or not. But, but the point you're making for producers, right, and artists is find a way so that you can reach your fans. And uh, the platform, usually when it matures, it becomes harder and harder to do that, right? Instagram is still fucking amazing right now, just so you know. Full reach. Super good. Barely any ads. It's pretty fucking awesome Easy to grow. Yeah, it's really easy to grow. Take the seven-day challenge. Call a little shout-out. Anybody who hasn't taken it yet, we got a free seven-day challenge. It's fire. Steven's good. You should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know what's funny is that that seven-day challenge, we made it when we were at like 20 or 30K followers. I'm like, look, we grew this. And you look now, we're like, you know, 150, 160, and it's just hilarious because mm. that was only a couple months ago. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, stuff works straight up. Yeah. 
giveaway sauce, viral stuff. I don't know. What, uh, so what are you doing for new artists? Like, you know, you said you got a new artist coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I'm asking this is because I think a lot of people are in that. They haven't got any traction yet. Maybe a song or two mm. out, but they're new artists much a, with no brand. New we'll artists, no brand. Like, mm-hmm. what's kind of on that first steps checklist to kind of get them up and going? Mm-hmm. Sure, get some, get some traction. Really depends on the act. Really depends on the act and what what she has going for her, right? Like, um, what's the angle you're trying to play? Is it going to be a bass music artist where it's going to be very touring driven, or is it someone who is more of an instrumentalist who's trying to be live? Um, or is it a vocalist, you know, who's trying to top line it, it, let's say it's just a, a producer, right? Someone who just wants to play shows and go to conventional electronic music route. Uh, it's, it's just the, the first thing that helps is if you can output great quality content. And then, uh, I think we would begin doing that ourselves and maybe identifying the different labels or other artists who might have labels, uh, or other collectives that we want to align with. And then it's like, how aggressive can you be? How much content can you create? And how convincing is your pitch to these people to put out records? So you'd be doing um, a lot of like, like networking type stuff. Well, you got to be, you got to build a story, right? So if you're a beginning producer, let's say you grind and you put out stuff on SoundCloud and for free, you do some like the download gates and you know some follow gating and all that that good stuff, mm-hmm. some pre saves on the Spotify, but you're still minuscule. It's like once you reach the level where your music is good enough, you got to be tapping into other people's audiences and then you need to be bringing it back in, Mm -hmm. right? And then, yeah, uh, depending on how well you can research, maybe people with DSPs uh, or the indie playlisters we spoke about, Mm -hmm. um, it's also going to depend on how big your artist project is, right? And the bigger your artist project, the the more doors are going to open for you when you are pitching and reaching out. And then... If your content's really good, there's also a window for you to get things that over-index. So, so you're talking about story and pitching a lot. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to fully understand that. Are you meaning mm-hmm. like sending an email and having your story in there? Are you talking about trying to set up a meeting to where you can really talk about the vision? Or how exactly do you show off that story as an artist? Because they might not even listen mm-hmm. to the song, but like how would that a new artist then show that story and pitch it? Yeah, so – I think you should identify the supporters that are most reasonably going to be uh, approachable for you, you know, and then it's like concentric circles. You're expanding out from there. So uh, what is that? Which which indie playlisters, which SoundCloud channels, which artists do you think might be willing to repost your stuff? Uh, where can you trade on playlists, uh, trade on SoundCloud, find those people? Um, I think going in for the pitch to do a meeting at Spotify, like you're nowhere near there yet, right? Unless you've already engaged with these <laughs> yeah. people and you have something going for you. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's a combination of sending people DMs on Instagram. It's messaging them on SoundCloud. It's emailing them. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a lot of hustle. I think a lot of people aren't doing enough of that. Mm. Like a lot of producers and, and artists really think that they're going to put the amazing song out there mm-hmm. and it's just going to go. Like mm-hmm. if it's good, everybody's going to listen to it. It's I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. even get them to click that link. Mm-hmm. And if you message mm-hmm. 300 people and you're genuine, there there's going to be a couple people that answer. Yeah. Straight oh, up. totally. Like, uh, no, I'm not saying go out and say, yo, check Pete, my sound club, bro. That's not, uh-huh. not it. No, there, and, and it needs to be like your, your pitch needs to be something interesting to say. Like the, the people who are curators at these different platforms. Yeah. You don't, you don't need to give them like a value prop in a way, but you do need to customize your message so that it's completely localized, right? So let's say you're pitching someone in the Netherlands at a major label who runs a major label playlist, hypothetically, right? 
what can you say about what you've done in a market that's relevant? Have you collaborated with a local artist? Are you a local artist? Uh, are you doing any touring in that market? You know, why is it relevant for that person? Or can you get the personal angle, right? Maybe you checked out said person's Instagram and you saw he or she was there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's there's something relatable about that. Or you reference, hey, did you have a great trip there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, be, because I, I think we all learn to come and pitch and do that with like a value proposition, but also there are people who don't necessarily need that, but it, it just needs to be crafted. Yeah. No, I mean, we've had a lot of success. I think about what you're talking about, like really scoping out what's the person looking for and try to like pitch it in their yes. perspective, not yeah. ours. Exactly. And also like hi- highlight yeah. your good stuff. Some people think like it's not a sob story or something like that. Like highlight some real like for for us, the reason we had so much success about getting people on the show and people are like interested in stuff just because I'm like, I'm not telling them the stuff I don't want them to hear. I'm like, okay, what's the highlight reel? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. what's the best stuff? Copywriting. Mm-hmm. Copywriting. Everybody who's not watching this, learn some copywriting because mm-hmm. it's it's vital mm-hmm. and then use that secret you yo. should tell them what that is because that sounds like yeah. copywriting your song we're talking about oh yeah copywriting, yeah, yeah. Writing. copywriting like literally so if you look up i mean obviously there's different definitions for it but copywriting is essentially like being really good at at the written word comes a lot from like the advertising industry and stuff but when it comes to writing captions for instagram when it comes to writing cold emails when it comes to doing a lot of different stuff being really good at writing like being able to convey a certain message or to have people interpret a message a certain way is the most vital thing if you you don't learn that you're gonna fucking read flop some on your books. Face. On, you, I mean, you've done no, a lot of yeah, research, but, in but that's not even for producers. I think that's for any person. That's right? literally yeah. any person trying to get a job, trying to work with trying different to do people. Anything. Doesn't L- matter. Learn how to present yourself. Yeah. Learn how to sell. Learn how to think about the other person and find out what he or she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think a single, not many music producers know about copyright. They don't even know it exists. That's the biggest know. thing is not knowing that it's actually a thing. Because you can't even then go look up books on it because mm-hmm. if you, you don't even know, it's like dark matter. But this this comes back to your question, right? Of okay, so when as a manager come in uh-huh. and, and I think people need to develop the skill set before, before they, they bring on other people. You think, you think a, a solo guy can make it pretty far without any sort of manager just going by himself? Well, at some point you need a team. At some point you need a team and you're going to be bottlenecked. If you're having success, you're going to be bottlenecked by yeah. your own output and, yeah. and you're going to need people you can trust. Oh, definitely. Well, um, do you want to, do you want to go ahead and tell everybody how much you love planning? <laughs> I had to bring yeah, up planning. I at planned some on point. saying that. <laughs> he planned it out this morning. Yes. <laughs> well, I have to. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a nature of of specifically the the artist management business. Yeah. Like, we're planning out tours for Son more than seven to eight months out at this point. Mm-hmm. You got to think about you know what's the crew, what's the routing, what's the production musically. You know mm-hmm. how far ahead are we releasing? And then on both the Heroic and the Bippard sites, we have the label release schedules. And um, let's say our other management clients are also uh, artists we have on the Bippard label. We're working that release schedule. So it's all incredibly interdependent. So I think uh, my way of coping with all that, and actually it's it's also just so necessary because you don't want to be sorting out everything last minute, yeah. you know, is uh, is we just got to schedule, plan ahead. But luckily we have a terrific team. Yeah, by the way, guys, the only way I'm saying that. this is because... Uh, us and Booty are on the exact opposite pages when it comes to planning. Like, there's certain stuff we plan, but we pivot last minute on so much shit. I so. mean, me, yeah, half a, it's just it's been a funny uh, joke that we've been, you know, uh, talking to Booty about this whole week. Just because me and Drew are so wing it, and you know, we're doing a uh, we just we just added a tour date by me walking up and saying, "Hey, that doesn't look right." 
Let's add, add, add another day right there. <laughs> That's what I did this morning. And hmm. no, the reason this has all been funny is just because uh, I don't know if it's even been announced yet, but me and Booty or us and Booty are working on a collaboration, a couple collaboration projects. Hmm. And it's just funny because that I'm like, yeah, let's, we got it, Booty. Booty's like, no, we got a plan to sit down. I'm like, no, man, we got it. Just, just, just different ways of working. Uh, I think Gary Vee does a little bit of that, just kind of. It's like uh, it's like organized chaos. Like yes, there's a little bit of organization. Yes, we have a made we have a main plan overall that mm-hmm. we're shooting for a main mm-hmm. goal. But like we like living in the chaos a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know you guys do. It's fun. It's it's a little more. It makes it more fun. I don't know what I'm doing necessarily every day, and that's a good thing mm-hmm. in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that we've been kind of so the, the exciting part about getting you on here is that we get to talk about business stuff. You yeah, know what I'm saying like sounds awesome. We can talk about music, but it's exciting because all day you know we're talking about business, music industry, and all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing I want to talk about is actually um, TikTok, Little Nas about how, how how he absolutely went off with mm. uh, Old Town Road and kind of how you're looking at TikTok a little bit because I've seen a lot of people, including my, mm. our buddy Ryan, was talking a lot about it. How artists are starting to look at TikTok as a real play, and you mm. guys accidentally bumped into some success there so what do you think about tiktok tiktok's crazy these short form video format platforms they're they're changing the game um the demographic is so young you know they're i think 60 percent of tiktok fans are under 20 years old so it's like the early snapchat audience basically Mm -hmm. back in the day and um the engagement's so high on every single post and it's it's like a continuation of you know, maybe you had Harlem Shake and Bauer, right? And now all the way that's that's evolved into silly dance videos and memes. And, and maybe it's the evolution of Vine in a way too. Um, it's kind of interesting because of the nature of it. it. The entire product is only basically videos with songs behind them. Uh-huh. So if one song starts going off, yes. everybody wants to do a video to that song. Yeah. So it becomes almost like a you feel like you're missing out on the clout if you don't. If yeah. you don't get well, in on that trend. And it's um, it goes so, so fast. Like s- the success that we had uh, was very coincidental. So one of our clients, unlike Pluto, uh, has a project called Wymona, which we recently started representing as well. And um, they have a record called Wannabe, which is a Spice Girls cover, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to be my lover. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, that record. And uh, they put it out with the label from the nations, Trap Nation. They did that in 2017. And earlier this year, uh, one of our team members, you know, he's like, yo, this this thing is getting hella traction out of nowhere. And uh, it went up to maybe 150, 160,000 Spotify streams a day. And uh, I I remember within the first month, we were over 400,000 Shazams, right? People checking out the record. And so what happened is uh, a bunch of e-girls, as Mm -hmm. they're called, right? So they're just... uh, um, Attention-seeking women on <laughs> uh, were uh, doing a, a dance to this record, and it started popping off, and more and more people started doing it. And I think at this point, there's probably over 12 million videos of people Holy dancing cow. to this particular Nasty, record. And uh, you know, we of course, when we saw that, we started throwing fuel on the fire. But I have to admit, if this this was something that we chanced upon, you know, and uh, I think what Lil Nas X did. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah, something like that. I, I, I think I watched um, it earlier. I, I think what he did from what I've understood from his backstory is he has been looking at all the memes on TikTok, on Instagram, and trying to hop on what the mm-hmm. next thing would be. And he forced this success to happen. And that's incredible. And I, I think 
all the reputable managers and labels in the game, you know, all the digital teams, everyone's trying to figure out, so how can I make TikTok work for me? Mm -hmm. And different ways people are trying that is, you know, maybe you're paying a bunch of influencers to do a silly dance on the day that a record comes out. And it could also be uh, working with ByteDance, the parent company of TikTok, with uh, them to do a song challenge. So they do these dance challenges. And Mm -hmm. I think they're localized, right? So you might do one for North America, one for the Netherlands, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, where you could coordinate that the record will come out on this date. And then you're also going to do a dance. And then, you know, you have some uh, broadcast attention from their end as well. And then you lay in the influencers and then maybe the artists on TikTok too. Um, And Son is actually just now on TikTok. We started putting out content. What was the dance that went off? What what, what dance were they doing to the Spice Girls? Uh, It's a... And will you do that on the show? Uh, I, I couldn't even. I don't know it off the top of my head. It's not that hard, though. They made up their own most, dance for most that. Most of the videos yeah. will not even be like like a dance that you actually have to have skill to have. And that's what I think that's that's driving TikTok yeah. is that you don't have to be a talented dancer. You can just get on there and act like an idiot and do yeah. pretty well. It's oh, awesome. yeah, to- totally. I mean, uh, people want to see goofy shit. They want to see like in con- – th- this is what I'm seeing, right, is they want to see in-context stuff. So there's a Joji record. And there's a microwave sound. And then their dances become like turning around, like as if you're in a microwave, you know, on the beep of the yeah. record. Um, that stuff works. But <laughs> but funny. then also like like comedic stuff. This is like yeah. plank challenge type shit or ice oh, bucket it's, challenge. Yeah, it's all no, that no exactly. And I mean, the game has now become who learns how to repeatedly make these things pop off. Who, who's the meme lord? Yeah, in, in a way. way. In and a I, way. I wonder how long it's going to last. Um, I think it's getting... I don't, I think, I don't think it's going it's not. So you know what's soon. funny? People are like... It used to kind of be a joke, right? Memes are just a joke. And then people are starting to sprout some serious ass fucking brands and, and, and companies and, and making... I mean, Catch Me Outside Girls, the, she's the making ultimate example. She's, she's like... She has a makeup company now that's yeah. probably... I don't even know how much yeah, it's making. Yeah. It's making what do you, what do you, yeah, what do you think her. about this? I, I, I think good for her. No, it's 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 pretty crazy. Like, and I mean, she has a music project now. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to respect it now because what goes from meme turns into like, wait, this is culture. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it sings deep. Uh-huh. Well, it's just a consequence of where attention is shifting, right? Which is all on mobile. It's all on Instagram. It's on TikTok. That's what we talk about. The yeah. rap scene is doing so fucking well right now because they are the kings of attention. Right. They, first of all, love people looking at them and talking about them all day. They get face tats. They get crazy hair, all that shit. And it fucking blows them up. It's like, right. it's like, and it's, it's like, a little outrageous. Oh, yeah. But yeah. on purpose. But then if you have the music to back it up, you uh-huh. build this super hardcore fan base. Like yeah. Lil Peep is a great example. He has like, like still, he obviously passed away, but he has diehard fans yeah. to this day. Like, you know, you know, it's funny. It's that you know, Booty's over here dropping knowledge bombs. But I bet if we brought like Damn Daniel onto the show, people would be like, "It plays just skyrocket." It's like, <laughs> what is this logic? You know, well, some and, old and, meme or something. But but you're hitting on something here, and this is a, a struggle I see with some of our clients. You know, is I think our roster, our management roster, you know, they're all incredible musicians, mm-hmm. but they also take a lot of pride in their art. But they're also seeing that commercially the things that are connecting the most, they don't necessarily qualitatively need to be great. It just needs to be viral. Yeah. You know, and sometimes... They don't like that. Well... They don't like that Listen, truth I, I think that there's a way to strike the balance. And for example, mm-hmm. this Lost Lately billboard campaign is like one way we're doing that, you know, and it doesn't affect the credibility nor how good the record is, but... Um, it definitely takes some creativity to come up with the stuff in between. And um, I think all the guys need to find uh, where they're comfortable. I think the biggest thing is just trying shit. You can't be afraid to try shit. Yes. Even if people don't like 
react the way you want them to mm -hmm. every time there's a delete button for mm -hmm. a reason. Well, like, people are terrified to ruin their stupid layout, their Instagram layout that they've built. And I'm like, yeah. th and then that layout traps them. Like, dude, you can now not experiment. Our outside friend Ryan, layout. that was actually, we did a show with him. He, Sorry, he's Ryan, the, you're getting, you're getting, yeah, <laughs> because no, we brought it up at the show. To We're him bringing too. him back on the show. But, don't yeah. worry. So <laughs> he, uh, he's the one who's really good at Spotify. Like he, he makes like 10 grand a month on okay. Spotify, but he has, absolutely no front-end brand basically so it's just interesting to but, see how much support okay. so, so how's so, he done that so uh Ma through his manager. his his manager and him working on playlisting like hardcore okay. yeah. and he just got signed to capital records so yeah he's he's, uh, he's he's really he's a great producer too that's a, his his product is there but his instagram layout let me just i'll pull it up okay ryan, ryan. <laughs> rest in peace oh, ryan. he's getting roasted on the show oh we roast him in person too okay. though. That's so so he has to stick to that like and Ryan's like, a cool guy. Like that, you Ryan, know what I mean? OTR, yeah. Ryan is a great guy. You hmm. would never know it from his layout. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. You, do, you don't, you can't get to know him. Yeah. But that's why. Yeah, but, but it's also the type of artist you want to be. I think there are definitely projects that have taken a more mysterious, less personalized approach to branding and they've done super well. I think there's been a few outside ones? of Zoo. Who, Any big ones besides Zoo, Zoo, Zoo would be my example. But Zoo, but Zoo also but, and Zoo has held himself back from that because if now if you go look huh. and my my buddy uh, Miles is actually on his management team. I think I always I've always said this. I think he's holding himself back. You go to Zoo's page now. Let's go to Zoo Music. 143k followers. Uh -huh. He should he, he should, should have multi millions. Yeah, that's true. I agree you with see that. what I'm saying? And now it's like uh oh. But he, oh, oh, now totally. he still makes great money. Still is a huge no, no, artist. No, no, of course. So T totally, it's a different way of going about. It. They're also going for like radio play specifically and stuff like that. Their whole. Yeah, but you you wouldn't be uh, withheld from getting radio plays by being personal. Like I yeah no exactly agree exactly. It's just yeah. yeah it's just they wanted to do that branding method. I think it's awful. I think yeah. anybody this this day and age like trying you, to you just you're even losing. Ryan but yeah, but, yeah said, but that's then we come back to the same thing right i don't think it's awful it's just uh it is an aesthetic choice and if that is what the person is happiest with i don't great, think it's great the most for effective. them but it's no not, no no exactly the most but effective that's a given yeah. i think look at son's zoom son does zoom faces like, oh yeah and and actually i commend him for that you know because it also took him being a little loose about that yeah you and know that's and why honestly, that's i think why, that's why he's had so much success is because yeah. he's he's willing to to push the needle a little bit with that stuff but then like it doesn't hurt his brand nobody sees his music as any less because he does funny things on instagram oh no totally not but i, I think to get where he is mentally right to feel that liberation from mm -hmm. it needs to be curated or people perceive me in this way or yeah. i need to be cool uh, so there, those are I some steps the, to take. I know. Well, I was in the same boat is the thing. Mm. And then I re eventually realized this isn't fucking working. Remember back mm. in the day when, when people thought great marketing was matching up your SoundCloud banner with your profile picture so it perfectly aligned and it looked like one picture? Everybody thinks like when, 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 when we talk about branding, people always want to bring up their album art. And mm. I'm like, yes, that may be one... 0.1% mm. of your branding. That mm. is not your brand. Mm, it's your album. what you communicate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the way you present yourself. Trap, you got to get eyeballs on your on your thing. That's like, I think what 99% mm. of artists struggle with is even getting initial eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And we, we, the reason we've been so adamant on Instagram, we realize is that A, it's just a vehicle for attention, right? And it could be a gateway drug to your, your music. You know, Drew's following rappers for a couple months before he checks out a song. Then he checks out a song. He's like, wait, this guys are dope. Mm -hmm. and, or I'll check it out and be like, oh, I don't like this guy as much. And I might unfollow them at that point. Mm -hmm. Or I just follow them for their, their content. Yeah, straight sure. up. Well, you said something today which is struck a chord with me. And that is, you know, artists have music which can reach far and wide. But you mm -hmm. don't necessarily own that relationship. Mm -hmm. For you guys, maybe your content on Instagram and your other broadcast methods, be YouTube, right? This podcast, maybe RSS feed is going to be your way to do that. Um, 
but but it's like the cycle you want to have and if the artist can harness both the content on the youtube and the instagram game and also harness the music like whew, it's yeah. a good combo no it's if but, you but, can do both yeah. it's well, even like, like huge yeah. even like dude those little videos we were showing son and son went back and made a couple of mm. those like little one vendors mm. dude people love seeing in the studios mm. and it doesn't it doesn't mm. need to be content like you can you can hit people uh with like a very specific kind of content, like we make mine, we'll make like a Minecraft remix or a specific thing that's meant to hit just those fans, mm-hmm. like the Minecraft fan, the super mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. It might mean the world to a hundred people, mm-hmm. but maybe other people might not like it as much. It's okay to do content that not everybody likes. Mm-hmm. Son has, you know, what's a good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you should tell Son to do. Uh, he has a Donkey Kong remix from the Donkey Kong game. You mm-hmm. should get a, a video of him playing the game and play his song in the background. That would go or off. or or just a straight up <laughs> creation of that thing would really go off. But yeah. I know Show he doesn't really do that. Got some more content ideas. Oh, oh we, got, we got content ideas for days. <laughs> See, usually when when you guys aren't in town, like me and Steven, probably like two or three hours a day are just sitting there talking ideas mm. on like content. Pretty excessive. And, and then mm. the distribution, mm. like that's a big part of our day is these unplanned meetings, just mm. talking about we, ideas. We, yeah. We still have to be the ones doing the distribution, though. I will say, like yeah. right now, like actually hitting the post button, it's mm. really tough to pass it off. Mm. Like I, I think a lot of people try to do that way, way too early. Like I don't think I, I would ever be able to pass off Instagram and get it done uh, the way I want it. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it well, unless you get someone who has done that herself. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying, like it's hard. Vo- to, voice it's not wise. the problem. Is yeah, the the biggest problem honestly would be the copy out of anything yeah. T- training somebody to write copy in the voice and the, yeah, it's the message it's possible it's hard it, but you gotta have someone shadow you for for, for like quite a time yeah. yeah but then like also it's like i don't know with a personal instagram sounds good at instagram he does yeah, a lot i, I think son I, does I, a great I, job i see how much it. he was using oh yeah it. no but but that's exactly the point right he's taught himself how to really do that and he realizes the importance of it and that's what's driving it because we could never even even if uh, we put two people on that they could never be as good as he is spreading his authentic voice exactly you know? yeah. yeah that's what i mean yeah. it's it's really hard to to train somebody to you can train somebody to post on like cymatics for example i could train somebody to Post post up random pieces of content uh-huh. and stuff, but not on Drew. Cymatics. Training, yeah, not they Drew gotta get in your head. Not Steven. No, Sam Max a little easier because it's a lot curated content. Yeah, and it's a, but but our personal accounts, uh-huh. I don't. I don't think they can do it. I, I want. I, I want to. I don't think that the message is ever going to come across the same. I would just get them to build their own. <laughs> yeah, we we've been talking about that. Even getting like employees to like personal brand alongside with us. Hmm. Yeah. Why not? I think Andre Cymatics would would be a great personal. So, somebody brand. somebody came up to Jordan at the event and we're like, dude, you were the guy who dropped your phone in the in the water because it was I a funny story. It was a funny a story. story. We, me and Jordan were going for a, like a, a little five k jog, right? Okay, training for that triathlon. Mm-hmm. We're jogging and it's it's like the entire place is flooded, mm-hmm. and so we go and then Jordan's looking over. He drops his phone and. And it's this crazy, like, borderline DJ Khaled when he was on the jet ski type of moment where he – Jordan has to get in this water and get his phone. But people are coming up to him at the event saying, you were the guy who dropped your phone in the water. They're like, I would have done it too. Why are they doing that, Jordan? Speaking of DJ Khaled, you want to talk about fucking, fucking branding? He did, the way he just rolled out his album, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. And I'm not a DJ Khaled fan, straight okay. up. Because just, he what did he do? I don't, I don't dude, know. he rolled it out. Like, the way he was doing content around it leading up to it, he was literally posting, like, four micro pieces a day for, like, months. Really? Months and months and months of content. Like, and and also his album, I'm not, not going to lie, has, like, the best feature list I've ever seen in my he's, life. He's a king of features, man. Dude, you should see his album. It's, like, literally every top artist except for, I think, Drake and, like, maybe a few other people. It's every top artist in the game right now. Cardi B and everybody. Everybody. Everybody you can name. Do, do you pay it's attention crazy. to all those mainstream, like, top 
music people? Like, Sometimes, yeah. Uh, him not in particular. I mean, I, I definitely pay attention. I'm not, for example, I, I'm not a Cardi B fan at all, yeah. but I still follow her and pay attention because yeah. she has all yeah. the attention right now. Uh-huh. We really like those, like, really top. It's interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, some rollouts are incredible. Um, the uh, Lil Dicky video that he just did, the Earth or the Life video. People didn't like it, though. You should have seen the feedback I, I, on it. I, I didn't watch the video, I, I, but I, I saw think some... it's well done. Like, it's a good idea. Yeah, this, no, it's this a cool is one idea. of the creative ideas really that, cool idea. that I think is super good to throw at the wall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So going to mainstream projects, what's your thoughts mm-hmm. on? We gotta talk about the man himself, Marshmallow. Okay. So what's your thoughts on like projects like that? Well done. Yeah. Very well done. I think that uh, I I think what they've done is like borderline one of the most genius things ever. Because like, dude, I'm telling you, man, either two things are gonna happen one day, eighty. 90 years from now, that, that marshmallow is still going to be going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Most likely. Or 80 for 90 years from now, he's going to come out with a video saying it's finally time. He takes it off and he's an old man. I don't, I don't like, think that's every, happening. Everybody think, thought well, I was well, .com. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice for them? Right? <laughs> the, the, they just hang in there and they keep building it. Yeah. No, yeah, I think no, it's um, sick. I have nothing but respect for that because it seemed like both the artist and the manager, they were both super clear about what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. right? And they were on the same page. And they're succeeding at doing it, right? And they're they're definitely innovating. I think the Fortnite thing is is huge, and Genius. they're setting an example. I think um, they rolled out marshmallow products, right? Yeah. Uh, and and now, I believe Mo said in an interview sometime he he wants to build it as big as Disney or sell it to Disney. Or, that'd um, be, that'd is, be. Isn't that a beautiful inspirational dream? Yeah, I love I, that. I, I think it's badass. Would yeah. you ever has has your artist ever wanted to do helmet type stuff? Um. Well, listen, I mean, I think our artists and many people in the industry did look at how big that has become because it is so commercial. And of course, people are envious. Um, Do I think necessarily our clients are going to be happy performing with something on their head? (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a pain in the ass. Yeah, no, I I don't think our guys actually think that would be as great as maybe they think. Dude, is, when I know? see pictures of him walking around at festivals and taking pictures with fans, I saw him at this festival the other day, and I looked up how hot it was. It was like 80 or 90 degrees. He's wearing mm-hmm. full black, head-to-toe, long sleeve shirt, long pants, and this marshmallow helmet. And I'm like, dude, you have got to be burning up in mm-hmm. there. Well, I'm just going to uh, tell you right now, I used to be that guy. So, guys, just for everybody knows, I used to be a mascot like for a hospital, and I was this little character that Not just hospitals. Up. Yeah, kind of everything. Hospitals, I did all kinds of goofy outfits. I was a guy holding signs on the side of the road, but like – <laughs> uh, one time I was at like this Falcons event and they had me in that outfit and I, I had gone to like see the kids and stuff, but I'm in like a tight outfit, like literally the things like squeezing my temples and I almost puked. Was, <laughs> I almost puked in that outfit. Yeah. And, and then the horse branding yeah, but, move but, for but that it, company. It, it gives a lot of versatility as well, right? Like content creation. It doesn't necessarily need to be him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you think fans should feel about that though? I don't think the fans necessarily care about the person behind the mask as they do about the message and i don't think they should right because that's not what they're selling i think what they're selling is positivity i agree with that i think i think deep down though if they if most fans heard that it wasn't really who they think marshmallow is like because it's still it's still a person they're looking towards i think they'd be disappointed if they thought that if they found out there's a bunch of other people doing it Hmm. i'm not even saying that's the case Mm -hmm. i don't know if that is the case right now no, it could. I, I, I doubt they it. Probably wouldn't I, I, I don't think. I don't think right fan, now it is. As a fan, also, I think then you're not getting the message right because they're playing into positivity, you know, the connectedness, etc. And what they're selling is uh, an image. It's a persona. Do you think selling positivity for for money, what I'll call it, sometimes call fake positivity for money, is a good thing? Uh, don't we uh, sell many other things for money? 
where uh, maybe you're presenting it in a certain way yeah, where that fair. isn't reasonable. Um, yeah, I'd rather have people sell positivity than not positivity. You know, and if it's positivity with uh, commercial music, then mm. I mean, if people are vibing to it, like, uh, one one like, thing that's come example, up a lot though is because Marshmallow has presented himself like this, that Chris mm-hmm. Brown thing, mm-hmm. the church has called him out for. That was like that's that's kind of like where people are no, like, oh, you're presenting yourself as this positive person, mm-hmm. but you're Colliding. uh, you're collabing with people that are what they called I think they called known abusers and something. They, but church Chris has called him out as a big news story recently mm-hmm. um, for working with Chris Brown and Tyga. Mm-hmm. So. That's where it's kind of like a weird line, I think. Right. But I have no opinion about that. You have no opinion? No, no opinion. <laughs> no opinion. Are we getting, are no we opinion. Chris Brown, Exxon Holo, collab or no? I, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 uh, no. But on a side note also, I'd say that uh, I think Alone was one of the best fucking tracks in a while oh there's like been the, some, there's been some solid music like the bastille record happier i think that's a great record. i think one thing that was so crazy I like the old recently was, was and not that i like the track but mm. the that song you did like the bollywood style one mm-hmm. in india that mm-hmm. is fucking genius to go over there and just capture a whole market with one song yeah. it's I like mean, yeah absolutely insane to uh-huh. talk about the impressions that marshmallow has man i mean that they, little face mm. especially because they brand the face on it everything like it's like <sighs> everywhere it's so beast man. yeah I'll, I'll give it to mo man that's i know mo that's kills a, it with that's that project a, that's a beast of mo's a got the one of the most baller instagrams i've seen probably more baller than most rappers so he's got the great like the, the drive with the driveway with the grass he's got and the grass he, design he's got, he's got a bunch of cars mm. mo's all about the car life he'd, a, he'd laugh at the fucking teslas he'd be like those bitch ass teslas. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, dope we got anything else on your mind what what, what else you got booty what do you want to talk about? I don't know. I think you said you had some interesting some stuff. hot takes, and and I'm waiting for some hot controversial takes. <laughs> I'm just, trying to get I'm into a little bit. Through, <laughs> we also have, I believe, you have that meeting in 20. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't want to run into that. Yeah, we can. Okay. We can start wrapping it up. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to think here. We should do a small giveaway too with this. Oh, the, the first, the first. I mean, we should just do giveaways on every episode. I think. Okay, to be that's a new standard. You just heard it on the fly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's we're where about we come up with that decision right oh, there. Boom. Right there. <laughs> uh, that was uh, no, no planning. Uh-huh. The secret was the the, the Stellos right here. Stella right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Jordan, you giveaway. Uh, we have some, we have some toys in there. Should I just go find one? Yeah, go get, go All find right. a toy. Right. We're gonna do a giveaway. I didn't even know there was a closet. <laughs> That's our secret goodie goodie closet. Okay. There's just a bunch of random. I wonder what's coming in there. I don't know. Let's make it a surprise. Oh, there we go. Keyboard. People are gonna be excited about that. Right here. Should make sure it's on the camera. I guess it's on that one right there. I can, I can let me put it for this one so if we because we don't yeah. use that one. Yo guys, looks like we're gonna be doing a giveaway key station. 49 key um but before we get into it i think we should give a small plug at least to what we're working on right we're about to hustle our fucking faces off on this free this free day we have uh so essentially booty knows a absolute shit ton which you guys probably got a taste of in uh, about spotify so we were working on something saucy and that's the plug something saucy get ready if you guys want to keep your eye out for that learn about the sauce um and i think a lot of stuff that I mean, dude, how long did it take you to learn all that stuff? Because you don't just learn it by reading something. You have to actually you have to do it. You have to be doing it, like with yeah. the thing we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long have you been playing the Spotify game now? Since the beginning. 
So that's years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're somebody who's, you're going to do not only the practice from releasing songs, but you're going to be reading probably every, everything about the platform, right? Nonstop. Yeah. I'm just going to explain how the platform works and how people should think about it and how they should approach it. Is there any, in the meantime, any uh, reading that they could do on Spotify that would be helpful? Like, is there any blogs out there you know of or anything? Oh, totally. There's a, on our Heroic Academy website, we mm-hmm. actually have a great article about Spotify. So uh, if people go to the website, heroic.academy, they can look that up. And I'm sure we can put that in the comments. Yeah. And it has a, a good one-on-one. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So uh, sweet. And uh, maybe Booty, you want to ask like a? Uh, we'll do a question. I think. Everybody well, I think answer. we should just do best moment, like we were talking. Best about. Best moment. Yeah. Best moment. Your favorite. Just call me your favorite moment. What's your favorite moment of the podcast? And uh, we'll pick uh, our favorite answer and give away an M Audio Key Station Forty Nine. Cool. Get it. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show, Booty. This was, uh, this was a fun episode. I think. I think for those of you guys watching this, by the way, probably an episode you should go back. Take notes, especially during the beginning. I mean, Booty was dropping a lot of gems. Like this stuff, you should re-listen to a few times and really take to take notes at the beginning. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Fuck, why'd you tell me, bro?" Hey, luckily I'm, they can scroll back. Yeah, yeah. you can scroll back, yeah. but like go back through this thing and actually like you know listen to stuff he's talking about with the strategy because a lot of people are complaining about traction. They're spamming out people. You know, check out my SoundCloud, and I think something like this is insight in the actual industry. Somebody who's killing it right now. So definitely go do that. Thanks for being on board. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man.